Hi, Mouse Planeteers, and welcome to Mouse Station in orbit around Mouse Planet. I am Mike Demopoulos, a former Walt Disney World cast member. And I'm Mark Goldhaber, editor and staff writer here at MousePlanet.com. This is episode number 26 for July 5th, 2007. Welcome to the podcast. Each week we broadcast live from this orbital outpost, bringing you the latest from the world of Mouse Planet. You can send us feedback by sending email to podcast at mouseplanet.com or by calling our toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. We love it when you call the feedback line because then we can play your call on the show. In this week's feature, we'll talk with Sue Pizzatoro a Small World Vacations about how you could benefit by using a Disney specialist travel agency to plan your next Disney trip. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know that we're pulling the switch, and this will be our last hour and a half show. No! Uh, And to think that our original goal was to keep Mouse Station at about an hour, including the news. Anyway, beginning next week, we'll be splitting our one long show into three shorter shows. This will give us more flexibility in our recording and processing schedule, give you more shows per week, and let you listen to an entire show in less time. We're targeting around a half hour per show. Our likely schedule will give you our collection of short subjects, such as Tip of the Week, Ask the Kid, and Magical Moment on Mondays, a main feature topic on Wednesdays, the Mouse Planet Watch News Show will stay on Thursdays, and listener feedback will be published on Fridays. That leaves Tuesdays, which will be Anything Can Happen Day. Okay, you old-timers don't have to correct me. I know Anything Can Happen Day is supposed to be Wednesday, but Guest Star Day just didn't have as much fun in that joke. Anyway, if you've got any thoughts on our new schedule, please let us know at podcast at mouseplanet.com or on our toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. And now, on with the show. Now it's time for the tip of the week. We've got a timely voicemail tip this week from Mouse Planet's own Shoshana Lewin. Hey, Mark and Mike. It's Shoshana Lewin from Cast Place. Just wanted to chime in with a tip of the week, especially for the summertime. There's a lot of cast members who are in the park right now earning their ears, so to speak, which means that they're in training, and they really appreciate it when the guests are patient. Some of them might be a little slower than you're used to with some of the more seasoned cast members, whether it's loading an attraction or busting a table or bringing up an order. And any little bit of patience, even at the hottest time in the summer, is much appreciated. So on behalf of the cast members and former cast members, that's a tip of the week from our side. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Well, hey, that is an awesome tip. Where was hip when I was a cast member? Did you run into a lot of people giving you a hard time when you were earning your ears? Nah, for the most part, guests are pretty cool about it. But, you know, anytime we see things that say in training, people always assume, you can't help me, why should I talk to you? So, a little bit of that. But, you know, always be nice to all cast members, specifically those ones who are new to the job. Be nice to the cast members, and they'll be nice to you. And that's our tip of the week. Do you have a tip to share with our listeners? Send it in to podcast at mouseplanet.com or call it in to 1-866-939-2278. We'll give you credit on air if we use your suggestion. Mouse Station Featured Topic. 
In our featured topic segment this week, we're joined by Sue Pizzatoro of Small World Vacations, Mouse Planet's preferred Disney travel provider, as we talk about how you could benefit by using a Disney specialist travel agency to plan your next trip. Welcome, Sue. Hi, it's great to be here. You're welcome. Now, let's start off by just doing a recap of the various ways that people book trips. Uh, a lot of them book it directly through Disney. Some do it with a generic travel agency. Some do it with AAA, which kind of can fit into multiple uh, categories. And Disney Specialist Travel Agency. I say AAA can fit into multiple categories because some AAA agents actually do know a lot about Disney or even specialize in Disney, but a lot of them are general travel agents as well. So let, let's talk a little bit about what the differences are between booking through the various methods. Who would generally book directly through Disney versus booking through a Disney Specialist Travel Agency like yours versus people booking through a general travel agency. What, what do you find the people who book through you are? How do they differ from the, other, the people who book otherwise? Well, I would imagine the people who would book on their own are either very you know, Disney savvy, they go often, they know what they want, and um, they don't want to give up control of their vacation. When you book with a travel agent, you can't make any changes, you can't make any payments, even if you call Disney and you ask them questions about your reservation, if it were booked with a travel agent, any travel agent, Disney is legally bound not to disclose any of the information about that reservation. So that's a factor with people who would not want to work with any sort of travel agent. They want to maintain control of the uh, reservation, and maybe they enjoy doing it. You know, maybe they enjoy the planning and the and the whole um, game of of uh, you know, arranging their vacation. AAA members might go to AAA for their discounts, and then the people who might use a, a Disney specialist would be people who recognize the benefit that a professional Disney specialist brings to their vacation, knowledge, um, advice, up-to-date information when things uh, change, when things are new, first-hand experience that they can share with their guests. So that kind of maybe you know, might explain different types of people and who they might book through. Now, uh, the people who book through AAA in order to get their discounts, mm -hmm. can they get all or most of those by booking through you as well? No. We can only do AAA room-only reservations. We, we have people who book through us who are AAA uh, members who want our expertise, and typically if they don't want the dining they will use uh, a non-AAA. They might use a non-AAA agent. If they want a package, only AAA can book a discounted package if there are no other discounts. For instance, when there was free dining, we, the free dining was as, as good a, a package as, you know, it was the best package out there, so mm -hmm. people would, we didn't need a AAA discount, so we could help everybody and anybody. But let's say someone who's going in November when there's no discounts right now, they want the dining, we usually, we tell them up front, you might check with AAA first just to inquire about any discounts because we cannot offer that to you. Sometimes we get people say, you know what, we, we're going to give up the discount. We want to work with you because you have everything at your fingertips. You guys know what you're doing, and that's important to me. So, um, But sometimes the savings can be significant, and people say, you know what, I, I love you, but... 
couple hundred bucks, I'm going to go to AAA. I'll come back maybe another time. Mm -hmm. Now, you have a lot of people who go to Disney regularly that mm -hmm. book with you again and again, mm -hmm. even though they've been through the process several times and would know enough to book it on, our, on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say is it that keeps them coming back to you? Or uh, let's say, you know, as, as a generic thing, to a Disney specialist travel agency, because there are others out there. Mm -hmm. What do you think drives people to go back to Disney specialist travel agencies, even when they know enough to book it directly through Disney? Well, there's a relationship that develops, a rapport. It's a familiar, um, you know, hand-in-hand -hand type relationship. And maybe some people who go often don't want to do all the research, don't, you know, are busy people. They don't want to make all their advanced dining reservations. They don't want to have to get up at seven o'clock in the morning or if they're on the, on the west coast four o'clock in the morning when a discount comes out or to get cinderella's royal table or whatever dining they want so they trust us there's a trust and we know you know oh they like this restaurant and they you know they like this room you know this room category to you know at this resort and they just in other words we know we we can almost read their minds so they appreciate that kind of service now which of the services that you provide do you find people are least aware of? Hmm. Maybe that some, pe some people don't know that our, all our services are for free. Some people think they have to pay a travel agent. We don't, uh, and most Disney specialists uh, don't charge a fee. I, I think some people are not, uh, you know, first-timers are really surprised when we call them and say, guess what, a new discount was released for your travel dates and we just saved you, you know, $500 or whatever, how many hundreds of dollars, and they're, like, incredibly surprised and pleased and thrilled. So that might, you know, a lot of people do know that we search for discounts, but they kind of don't believe that we will actively continue to search for discounts and, uh, and whenever possible, save the money. Now, do you find that those, um, those services are the ones that are most appreciated, that you are always looking to find the new discounts and reduce the rates? Or is it maybe you know, the ability for you to call and get the advanced dining reservations or whatever it may be? What, what do you think people really are most excited about that you provide for them? Saving money. They you know that that money talks so when we can say you know when when free dining you know so let's say someone booked last january for this august and when the free dining came out um and we called them and said guess what um you just saved a thousand dollars that pleases them the most i'd say they like you know some people even if they you know use us they they like us with our assistance with the advanced dining reservation that's definitely a plus but the saving money is the number one service that we provide that people appreciate now, you actually have a very large organization, don't you? Yes. We have over 40, over 40 agents now located all over the United States. Wow. Yeah. And uh, they are all Disney veterans themselves, and they've all stayed at all the Disney resorts and been to both coasts and cruise line and so forth? Or Yes. Or um the number one requirement we have is that agents had to have stayed at at least 
five different Disney resorts within the last five years for three or more nights. So they have to know the resorts. A lot of them are DVC members, so they really know the resorts. That kind of knowledge is invaluable to our guests. The little things that the agents know from staying at the resort, you know, if you cut through here, you can catch the bus. And if you, you know, just little things that you wouldn't really know unless you actually stayed there. And then agents cannot um, assist guests with cruise or Disneyland unless they've been there also. So our agents, it's, it's a tough job, but they have to research the resorts and and become familiar, but it's not for them. They love it. This is this is an extension of their love of Disney, and something that they're passionate about. And it doesn't feel like work for them. So it's wonderful. It's a win-win for everybody. And agents also, um, we only start agents once a year, and this year we have a it's a it's a, a year-long training. And we took our new agents this past May. We brought them down to Disney for an on-site education program. And we toured the resorts and toured the ship and got lots of training and did different events. You know, we did like a Keys to the Kingdom and um, fireworks uh, viewing for illuminations with the dessert party. So the new agents are really ready to help guests. And your agents will also take care of booking tours and uh special events like the cruises and such? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. And besides that training that I had in May with the agents, we have a yearly get-together, and we try new things. Last year, what we did was we went during Food and Wine, and we did the Mickey's Not-So-Scary. And, you know, we the agents make a very conscious effort to try new things, to try tours, to try out-of-the-way restaurants, and they go with their families so that they can advise families. So it's, um, the agents are very serious about learning about Disney. They read, you know, they're online. This is their life, is Disney. Okay, Mark, I have a question for you. You used to be the do-it-yourselfer for years and years. Am I correct in that assumption? Mm-hmm. So what made you do the switch, as it were, to using a Disney specialist for certain occasions? Well, I... Um We'll now shift depending on how situations go. Uh, last year, I was having difficulty booking my Mouse Fest reservation with the annual pass holder discount. For some reason, I was having trouble getting the reservation through the system. So I called Sue and said, hey, look, you know, can you get me um, annual pass holder discount at Pop Century for these dates? And uh, we were booked the same day. And then when we had to change the date because uh, you were staying on a couple of days. We had no problem with that as well. Yeah. Thanks, by the way. <laughs> Not a problem. But actually, I was staying on an extra day before and after the press event in January. And it was interesting because Sue and I were both trying to get my reservation set up for certain resorts the night before and the night after. And it was a case of, okay, whoever gets the reservation first, let the other one know. Because for some reason, there was some kind of difficulty booking uh, French Quarter, wasn't it, Sue? Yes, yes. And It's, uh, it's, it's sometimes just timing. Um, yep. You know, it really is timing. I, it is a system, and maybe somebody has something on hold, or maybe they add more rooms just at the right time. Sometimes you have to be persistent, and y- you get lucky. Yep. 
because we because we were both trying to get through and we were both mm-hmm. having problems and and then finally uh we got the reservation and uh but now a lot of the time I will when I'm not staying on DVC points I will uh try to route it through Sue when possible because that's one less thing for me to worry about. Yeah. I got enough else to worry about. <laughs> like getting sleep, maybe that's one of the is that on your list, Mark? No, right? Uh, it's, it's somewhere on the list. I'll get to it. Mark, eventually. I knew we, I knew we forgot something. Sleep. <laughs> sleep. Well, yeah, I've, I've heard that. Well, for me, with going through Disney Specialist, was just you know, like you said, out of saving money. When I decided after, um, when I was all booked in for the a cruise last September, no one bothered to ask me my age, and they're like, eventually my travel, you know, the the booking at Disney was like, oh, after everything was paid. You're not 21? Yeah, you can't go on the ship by yourself. So, unfortunately, I had to sw- ch- switch my plans. So I decided to do the Mouse Fest cruise, and the quote that Disney directly was giving me, I wasn't happy with. So I quoted about 20 of the travel agents, and it was a Disney specialist that um, did have the lower price. And it was quite substantial from the on how all the different agents differed. I was really surprised. So that's Well, you know, you know what happens with those is, at least a year in advance, agents can book rooms, group cruises. You book eight or more staterooms on a variety of dates. For 2008, we have over 130 dates that we have group space on. And on most of those dates, we have secured secret porthole rooms. So that's what happens is agents who do that, you lock in the rate at the first very first lowest possible day price by putting these deposits down on all these sailings and that's how you know if uh, different disney specialists who have these dates can offer substantial savings because as the ship gets filled up more and more the rate goes up more it's supply and demand so as the ship gets filled up the rate can go up and up and up and up so that's why it's great to look to see which agencies have you know they may have that date in their group list so you we would lock lot- them in and sign a name to the cabin later. Exactly, but with the state, you know, it depends. When you want a specific stateroom, you you have to put down more of a deposit than if you just say, "I want you know uh, four category sixes and mm-hmm. four category nines," but they're not specific. They don't say whether they're quads or or triples or whatever. But you put a deposit down. But um, that's how the agents can lock in the rate, and that's how you were able to save money with that sailing. They had room in their group cruises and could save you, so you benefit, so it's wonderful. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Real quick, as a former Disney resort cast member, what's your favorite Valley Resort? Me? Yes, you. Pop. Okay, I can keep talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm glad I said the right answer. You know that Mike used to work at Pop, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Glad to hear that. Okay. Um, And as a Disney Resort cast member, we dealt with all sorts of travel agents from all the different agencies from across the world. Some of them understood the way Disney operates. A lot of them definitely didn't understand the way Disney operates. And then their clients were promised things that obviously we didn't deliver. Do you think Disney specialists, you know, know how the resorts work to make sure that their clientele don't get disappointed, like when a said magical moment that they are expecting doesn't happen or things, situations like that? 
Absolutely, because we know too. We'll go above and beyond for a guest. Let's say they're celebrating something special or maybe they have a continuing reservation where the first night is a room only and then they are going to be on a package. Say free dining kicks in and they wanted the first night without the package or maybe the date didn't work or whatever. We will call the resort and alert the resort and say, you know, we have this guest. We just want to confirm that they have a continuing reservation so that the guest isn't disturbed and moved and and just so the resort is aware, the other thing we won't, we will never do is guarantee uh, a location or a view. We always make sure we say it a billion times to the guest. You know, this is not guaranteed. We'll make your request for you, but it's only a request, and ultimately, it's up to Disney's discretion as to where they, you know, where they put you in the resort. So even with our own re- reservations, we'll put requests in, and we don't necessarily get them. You know, we understand that it's 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 a it's a resort. They have a lot of puzzle pieces to put together to fit everybody in, and it's not an easy job. Now, your agency will only book Disney reservations. So, if, if somebody wants to book something, say on Hotel Plaza Boulevard or on One Ninety Two or something, uh, that's something that you don't do. You book Disney resorts and Disney Cruise Line only. Right, and Disneyland and Adventures by Disney. And we right. do Disneyland Paris. Okay. Yeah. I had to go I'm, check I'm, that out. It was tough. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. It must have been a hardship. It was really, you know, I, no one else wanted to do it, so I just had to go. Yeah. So, so I'm going to assume, though, that not all of your agents book Disneyland Paris because they haven't all been there. Exactly. We have a couple agents who have been there, and we refer guests to those agents. You know, that's what's nice about having 40, you know, 40-something agents that we can, and we also partner guests. Each and every request for a price quote that comes in to us is read by someone. And then that person will read and see, you know, are the people looking for a special request? Where are they located? Which resort are they staying at? And then we try and partner that person with an agent in their area and an agent who's very familiar with that resort. Great. Okay, so if, pe- if people were to go to our site and click on a link that would bring you- them to a form on your site mm-hmm. where they would then fill out all of their information, their travel dates, where they want to stay, and so forth, they submit that, and then there's somebody who does kind of a triage and reads through requ- the request and says, mm-hmm. okay, this person would be best matched up mm-hmm. with this agent. Mm-hmm. And then they're sent to the agent, and the agent usually, usually gets back to them, oh, usually within 24 hours with a quote. We always hold their first choice if it's available with a discount, because if we don't hold it, it you know, you guys know, in Dis- at Disney, like the, the time you and I, Mark, were trying to get for, before the press event, in five mm-hmm. minutes it can change, and it, it might not be there. So we always grab it for them, we put it on a courtesy hold, and then we send them an, um, an emailed price quote, with the agent's toll-free number, so that at that point the guest can then, you know, call up the agent, ask them questions about, you know, whatever, and feel comfortable before they actually book it. So we never book it without speaking to the guest. And that's actually another benefit of booking through you is that you you can get that courtesy hold where you can grab that room, yet Mm -hmm. they don't have to put up money for it for 24 hours. Right. They have like like two weeks. Is it a week? Is it a week? Right, so there's actually more. It's if right. someone would try to book on their own, they would have to put their deposit down immediately in order to hold the room. Whereas if they go through you, 
they've got a little bit of time to put the money together before they can actually make that reservation. And then they can speak to someone, and then that person is there, you know, the one person the entire time who is going to service them and know what, the, you know, by the end of the, the process, you, you're sad when some people are finished. You, you, you really get attached to them, and you know all about their family, and you really are involved. And, and uh, some of my agents have become great friends with their guests they meet them when they're in disney or maybe they meet them locally and it's really it's a really i'm very proud that i own this company and that it's touched so many people's lives in a positive way it's, it's really wonderful great okay two questions for you sue number okay. one question is what is a signature service that small world offers that maybe differs you from the other travel agencies and two, if I like book everything from flight to hotel to car and everything through like a travel agent and something horrible goes wrong on my vacation, is, is it even worth it while calling my travel agent or am I just kind of SOL out in the field? All right. Well, I would say our the benefit, the biggest benefit to booking with small world vacations is you're going to get an agent who really cares about what happens to you and they are invested in making sure that your family's going to have the best time possible that they can possibly help you have. If you're on your own and you have to do all this research yourself, it could be time consuming and overwhelming. Where our agents, this is all they do all day. So they've been through this with many, many people and they can kind of they're proactive and they can they can um, anticipate what you need. So that's very reassuring to have someone like, you know, that really honestly cares about what happens to your vacation. And they're going to do everything within their power to save you money, to save you time, and to headaches. But that doesn't stop, you know, like, like you said, if, you get, if something goes wrong and say you're down in Disney and something goes wrong, whatever, your room is dirty or you miss, you know, something, you're having issues with Magical Express or you forget where you're supposed to eat that night at 5 o'clock, whatever. The agents each have toll-free numbers, and we've had, you know, not that many people who have had issues when they get down to Disney. But, you know, the reality is stuff happens. So when it does happen, we're on it. We have great contacts, great relationships with Disney, and we know who to call at the resorts to resolve the issue. And just as we work hard to ensure everything goes right before you leave home, if there's any issues while you're gone, I basically work all the time. So I'm here. The agents work a lot. So within human, you know, reasonable human ability, we do our best to try and resolve any problems that people have. And we'll even go to Disney and help try to help the guests if there's, you know, if it isn't resolved. And we uh, are an advocate for the guests. So, so you're in good hands with Small Worlds, I guess. All right, I'm, I'm going to turn this uh, conversation on a dime here because okay, I, Sue, I know that you just got back from a special trip to Disneyland. Yes, yes, I did. I went out there. Uh, someone I know had been randomly selected to stay in the Mickey Mouse penthouse suite and I got to go visit them when they were there and it was amazing. The coolest thing, the coolest thing about the whole, I thought at least, was there's a separate, at the Disneyland Hotel, it's in the Sierra building and there's an, an elevator 
that's outside the building, a separate sort of structure, and you need key access to get into the elevator, and then it brings you up to the, I'm pretty sure it was the 11th floor, but the elevator was glass on one, whole, one side. So as you went up, you saw the whole expanse of the Magic Kingdom and California Adventure and then the Grand Californian, and it was just like remarkable view. Then when you got up there, um, it was basically like being royalty. Um, there we had a private concierge person who was there to do pretty much, you know, not everything you wanted, but if you needed dining, if you needed private viewing for the parade or the fireworks or Aladdin or those types of things, they arranged it for you. And then the suite was just like Mickey times a billion. Everywhere you looked, there was something Mickey on the back of the chairs. Um, in the master bathroom, when you turned off the light, there were like little LCD lights in the tiles that made Mickey heads. The mirror would randomly, um, Mickey would show up in the mirror and talk not too, not, you're not like back and forth, not like in, tur- in Crush, in Turtle Talk, but he would, you know, uh, show up and start talking. Um, there was a round bed. That, I mean, it was just, it was phenomenal. It was, it, it, you know, Disney times a thousand. It was just so cool. Was it too much, Mickey, or was, was it well done? Well done. Very, you know, just beautiful, tasteful. But it, it looked like as if Mickey lived there. It looked like it would be Mickey's apartment. You know, there were, it just was so cool. Really, really cool. They had this thing on a desk where you, I don't know how it worked, but it would, you, would, you could like make impressions on the top of the desk with this little pen. It was almost like, um, I don't know how to describe it, it, but it lit up. Like it was really cool. Hmm. It had a little area, like a little pantry had a dining room, living room, another bath, and then in the penthouse, the entire wall was windows. So you, again, you saw that view of both parks and the Grand Californian. And wow, so you could actually like, watch the fireworks from up there. Yeah. I stayed Grand Californian concierge, and we had a room where at, they piped in the fireworks music and the narrative by um, Julie Andrews, and you could see the fireworks from your balcony. That was very cool. So how did you get out to Disneyland that fast? Did you like know in advance, or do you live close to Disneyland? I knew in advance. Okay. So, I, you know, it was, again, one of those trips I had to go research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was, it was just a, a, a chore that had to be done. You know, so I that- tried to do Nemo, but the line, the line was out of control. So I said, forget it. It was like two hours. I was like, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll just have to go back another time <laughs> to see Nemo. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll suffer with going back to Disneyland. Exactly. I love Disneyland. I just think it's, um, the people are laid back and the trees are all grown. And there's a, there's a very charming, nostalgic vibe out there and it's just um you know like pinocchio and alice in wonderland mr toad the the i just love the rides out there they seem to be more the as you ride you know the rides that you go through the scenes are more like as if you're in a storybook they're, they look like they were painted in like 1960 something they have that look mm-hmm yeah on uh, our last podcast uh when we were still doing the magical moment podcast Mike and I did one or possibly two shows about comparing 
Disneyland to Walt Disney World. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll make it a future topic here on this show and, and go through it again. But we both really love Disneyland. It's it's great. Our home park is still Walt Disney World, but Disneyland is a wonderfully fun place to visit. It is. And the fireworks. Oh, my God. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. worth the price of admission, the fireworks. Remember, remember it's fabulous. Okay, let's let's see if you agree with Mike and myself. Okay. Um, what is your favorite moment or favorite effect in the fireworks? Tinkerbell. Ah. See, Mike and I both went for the Haunted Mansion stretching room. Oh. Oh, when the, yes. Yeah. When you're on Main Street and those fireworks are 360, it's just so cool. Isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. I remember seeing that show in previews, which was kind of cool. Wow. That was fun. Wow. Like, they didn't even announce it or anything. They had literally signs that said no fireworks tonight, and all of a sudden, like, I was at the hub and stuff started going off. I was like, what is going on? Did you think, like, things were, like, things had gone wrong? Because some of those those fireworks are pretty close to where the people are. I wasn't sure, but I was going to stay around. (laughs) 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 Like, uh uh-oh. I was at fireworks once like that, and it, it wasn't really funny, but it was down on the Jersey Shore, and uh, a cinder came down and lit the fireworks on the ground, and they all started going off. Ooh, it was pretty scary. Okay. Yeah, it was not. It was yeah, it was very scary. So, anyway. So, what's your okay. favorite Disney movie? I'm just curious. My favorite Disney movie? Yes. Oh gosh, maybe Peter Pan. Cool. Okay, so for anyone who would like to take advantage of Small World Vacations' services, go to wdwvacations.com. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, and then you can select um, which park or resort or cruise or Adventures by Disney you would like to uh, get a quote for, and then fill out the form, and you will have someone get back to you quickly. And of course, don't forget to select Mouse Planet as where you heard about Small World from. So, Sue, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks. It was great to have you. Absolutely. And I'd like to put an offer to your readers and your listeners of Mouse mm-hmm. Planet. If they come to us, I'd say, let's say today's July 1st, between July 1st and August 1st, and book a new Walt Disney World or Disneyland package not room only a package and they mention on their quote form or disney cruise we they can do disney cruise too so we'll do Walt disney world disneyland disney cruise new reservation for any time and they put the word backpack in the special request area we will be glad to include a small world vacations collapsible backpack with their final documents that's great and i will see if i can get that into the park update that's going out uh tomorrow as we record this or three days ago as this show gets published Perfect. and if not then I'll have it in next week's yeah, thanks uh, for so us. thank you for uh, including that offer and we'll make sure that people know about it yes absolutely thank you so much for inviting me this has really been fun and, and I'm very proud to be the preferred travel supplier on Mouse Planet well thank you Great, and it's great having you uh, and also uh, thank you for the uh, inside information about discounts coming out that we occasionally will put into the 
Park update as you pass them along. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Sue, and let's move on. Featured Attraction. In our Featured Attraction segment, we give you information from Mouse Planet's park guys and add our own opinions. This week, we'll look at Dinosaur in Dinoland USA in Disney's Animal Kingdom. The description of Dinosaur in Mouse Planet's Park Guide says that this is one of Animal Kingdom's premier attractions. Entering the attraction building, you find that you are visiting a dinosaur research facility. Frankly, the place looks just like a dinosaur museum display. And it's supposed to. As you wind through the queue, you can check out several displays and boards with information on the reptilian giants of years ago. Eventually, you enter a room in which you are told the secret of this institution. Not only are you able to enjoy the displays, but through a modern breakthrough in technology, you can go back in time to when the dinos dominated the planet. The catch is that a renegade scientist wants you to bring a dino back with you when you return. You exit the presentation room and make your way down a corridor and some steel grid stairs into a laboratory in which the time vehicles are loaded. The ride is based on the same vehicle technology and track layout as Disneyland's Indiana Jones Adventure. Now, a couple of quick things first. Um, the ride vehicles were designed by former Imagineer George McGinnis, who also designed the ride vehicles for the Indiana Jones Adventure attraction. And basically, he had the design of the Indy vehicles in the computer, and he changed it around so that the body pretty much remained the same, but that the theming now made it look like a time rover instead of a troop transport. But otherwise, it's pretty much the same design. Um, the seats are the same design. The restraints are the same design. The undercarriage, which was designed by uh, someone else, is the same design. The track layout is identical to Indiana Jones Adventure. Another quick thing before we get into discussing the attraction itself is... Once you go down into the laboratory where the time rovers are launched, there are pipes. There are red pipes and white pipes and yellow pipes. And at one point, as you are going under the pipes or near the pipes, you'll see chemical formulas on the pipes. Now, it would probably help to know that McDonald's sponsors this attraction to understand why the chemical formulas on the formula on the red pipe is the chemical formula for ketchup. The white pipe has the chemical formula for mayonnaise, and the yellow pipe has the chemical formula for mustard. Just a little tip there. So, what do you think of the attraction, Mike? I enjoy it. I think it's one of those uniquely thrilling Animal Kingdom attractions. Well, it used to be before um, another attraction came in on the block. But regardless, I enjoy it. Not anywhere as close to being as good as Countdown to Extinction, but I still enjoy Dinosaur. That's true. The attraction was originally named Countdown to Extinction, but was renamed Dinosaur in April 2000, right before the movie Dinosaur was released. Um, there was a movie Dinosaur? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't go over very well, and... Therefore, the renaming of the attraction didn't mean quite as much as Disney had hoped. But the reason why the main character in the 
attraction is the Carnotaurus is because the Carnotaurus was the villain, if you will, in Dinosaur. And that the dinosaur you're supposed to bring back is an Iguanodon because the Iguanodon was the hero of the film. But Countdown to Extinction was a much rougher ride, actually, and it was toned down when they renamed it Dinosaur in hopes that the little kitties that they were hoping were going to be so excited about the movie Dinosaur would want to ride it over and over again, and they didn't want to get the kids sick from riding too rough of an attraction. So with the movie not raking in the bucks, uh, Disney now has an attraction that neither has a movie tie-in that brings in the little kids, nor has an attraction that is intense enough to draw the thrill-seeking crowd. The attraction's queue can get very short as the thrill-seekers go off to Expedition Everest or Cali River Rapids, rather than going to Dinosaur. I kind of enjoy it, but I would not put it anywhere near my top attractions in the park. I much prefer the Indiana Jones Adventure at Disneyland. I think that the the theming is better. I think that the overall experience is better. And I like the fact that at Disneyland, they have the randomized special effects on the attraction, whereas Dinosaur, it's the same every time you go through. Well, yeah, but Indiana Jones is a completely different attraction, and it's kind of hard to compare that to Dinosaur. Although, yes, there are a lot of sim- um, things that the attractions share as far as technology goes, but the attraction is different. But overall, Mark, out of five planets, what would you give Dinosaur? Mm, three and a half. Uh, I'll give it the same three and a half. We'll put a link to the Dinosaur Park Guide page in the show notes. Review System Spotlight. Once again, we spotlight reviews of one restaurant or resort from Mouse Planet's review system. This week, we're going to look at the Tiki Juice Bar in Adventureland at Disneyland Park, which is described in Mouse Planet's park guide as Tiki Juice Bar is a companion to the Enchanted Tiki Room. Also sponsored by Dole, all the offerings are pineapple-related. Pineapple juice, chilled pineapple spheres, and the famous Dole Whip a pineapple sorbet-like dessert unavailable anywhere other than Disney parks. Unfortunately, the hours of the juice bar are somewhat unpredictable, and if the Dole Whip machine breaks, it isn't necessarily a quick fix. There is no dedicated eating area, but it is accessible from the Enchanted Tiki Room Courtyard, where you can wait for the next show or just enjoy a few minutes sitting down before moving on. I do have to note that, unfortunately... The TQG Spar is now BYOS. Yeah, you and your sprinkles. It was rated 4.3 out of 5 planets on the strength of 13 reviews. A review that's so new that it hasn't been rated is a 5-planet review by Superhero99 of Alberta, Canada, who visited from May 7th through 16th of this year. The review reads as follows. My boyfriend and I returned many times throughout our trip to the Tiki Juice Bar for Dole Whips. They are about $2.25 each and just amazing. They are so tasty. The lineup can be long and slow, but it's worth it if you like pineapple. The Dole Whips are just ice cream, which is what I always had, but they also had floats, which looked really good. Both the whips and the floats are pretty big and well worth the price. I enjoy the Tiki Juice Bar. I think it fits in with the theming better than Aloha Isle down in Disney World. 
But hey, how can you not like Dole Whip? Or Dole Whip Float, or better, my favorite, a Dole Whip Float with sprinkles, of course, and a pineapple sphere stuck inside the Dole Whip Float. Well, I'd rather pineapple spears than Britney Spears. Oh, um, no, you didn't say yeah, it. Yeah, I said it. Somebody had to say it. No, no one really did. Yeah, they did. In any case, I'm actually not a big pineapple fan, despite my sweet tooth. I don't know why it is. There's just something about the taste of pineapple that doesn't excite me. So I generally don't go for those. Uh, but everybody else that has tried them that I know enjoys them, and uh, they are a favorite frosty treat of many. The area is a nice place to rest and hang out, and uh, so it would be a good place to enjoy your Dole Whip. We'll put a link to the Tiki G Spa Review page as well as its Park Guide page in the show notes. Don't forget that you can access the user review section of Mouse Planet from a link on the left-hand side of any page. Just click User Reviews. And don't forget that you can post your own reviews when you come back from your trip. Ask the Kid If you are like every other child that tries a Dole Whip and wants to go back again and again and again and again... Huh, I must be talking about Mike Scopa. Anyway, (laughs) children do that as well. If you had other questions for children about anything Disney-related... Where would you ask? There isn't like a national repository of children questions on all things Disney. But aha, there is. At the Ask the Kids segment on the Mouse Station podcast, it's where we, or you, ask Mark's eight-year-old son anything Disney-related, and he will do his best to answer it in his own unique way. Unique is a good word. Let's listen to the clip for this week. All right. We're back with Ask the Kid. This week's question comes from listener Vance Cope, who writes, Who normally wins when you ride Buzz Lightyear, you or your dad, and what is your best score? My best score is zero, because I really don't ride it. I I rode it once, I got really scared, and I didn't ride it again. Oh, you you rode it a couple of times, but you have a little problem because it's so dark, right? I know, and the last part... With the hypnotizing, I get kind of whacked out at that. And then with the long tunnel, I'm like... Yeah, that's, 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 that's the real problem, that, that you know, it's, it's so dark in the star tunnel that you have a lot of difficulty because of the, the low vision, right? Yeah, but how big is it anyways? It's not really that big. And how come it looks so huge? It's an optical illusion. Oh, so they just make it kind of... Close in more so that you see less light at the end. Yeah. So, Daddy wins. <laughs> That'll wrap it up for this week's Ask the Kid. <laughs> we'll be back with another question next week. Yeah, Daddy kind of wins by default. Um, his uh, low vision makes it really difficult to see in, in the dark. It, it's a lot harder for him to see, especially in the star tunnel. It's it's so dark in there that he really can't see much of anything, and he gets a bit frightened. So I'm I'm hoping that at some point he will be able to get beyond that, and uh, he will be able to um, really enjoy the attraction. Well, yeah, I'm sure he will um, be able to overcome that one day, and will definitely be beating you, as you've been able to successfully do once, Mark. But I got you back. 
Yeah, but uh, you're the one that's supposed to be good at video games. It's completely different. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, video games is a very precise thing where you've got absolute control over what you're doing, as opposed to Buzz Lightyear, where those um, star cannons or whatever they call them, um, really the direction you're pointing them at isn't necessarily the direction they're firing at, and it's more a case of manipulating that dot of light um, to move towards where you want it to go instead of um, actually being able to just focus on hitting stuff. But I did beat you anyway. Once. I beat you also. All right. Well, we'll call it even then. Okay. And now it's time for this week's Magical Moment. Our Magical Moment this week comes from listener Rick. Rick writes, Hello, Mark and Mike. I didn't get into podcasts until a few weeks ago, even though I've had an iPod since the month they came out. I just wanted you to know that yours is the first podcast I've ever listened to, and so far, the only one. I love to listen to the magical moments and thought I would relate one of my own, something that occurred on Sunday, June 3rd. I happen to be an Imagineer, and whenever we open or reopen a major attraction at Disneyland or DCA, we have a preview party so we can experience it at our leisure, even before the park's cast members. June 3rd was our Finding Nemo Day, featuring a private raft to the Pirate's Lair on Tom Sawyer Island in the late morning, early afternoon, a recognition ceremony for the team, of which I was not a part, at the Big Thunder Barbecue, and then on to the subs. Now, this particular magical moment didn't happen on the island, although we were chuckling over the fact that its population during those few hours seemed to be about 80% Imagineers and our guests, something the remaining 20% had no inkling of. It didn't happen at the barbecue, although the generosity the company shows us was evident in the abundance of good food, three kinds of meat and a multitude of side dishes, and the beverages, including many expensive brands of beer and wine. It was great to kick back and relax, something that doesn't come easy at Disneyland due to the hustle and bustle, but gazing up at the treetops, you could easily forget you were there because of how well they camouflage your surroundings. It also didn't happen on the sub, especially considering that due to mechanical problems, we ended up stuck underwater for quite a long time. At least it's good that they get the bugs worked out while we're on board rather than the true guests, of course. No, this magical moment was the stroll from the barbecue area to the ride area. It was one of those perfect days, even by Southern California standards. A sky that was crayon blue, and gentle breezes that weren't a degree too warm or too cool, and carried no humidity at all. It was a dreamlike walk, for my guest and I were part of a group that kept running into our many co-workers along the way, and each time we'd stop for a mini-conference on the accomplishments of the project team. At the point that is bound by the teacups, the Matterhorn, and the street coming from It's a Small World, about 15 of us gathered and, as usual, talked shop, socialized, and most of all, expressed our excitement over the debut. It was just so great to be part of that group of Imagineers of all different stripes, creative, engineering, administrative, etc., talking openly about the project in the middle of the park, confident and secure 
raising our heads and gesticulating as if we owned the place, yet blending into the panorama so well that none of the hundreds of people passing would ever suspect us to be anything other than an ordinary group of guests. Slowly, my original group moved toward the subs, and seeing as the wall had been there for so many years while they were closed, when the sparkling clear water came into view, it was truly surreal. I knew full well my guests had only seen the lagoon dry, for he moved to the area after the ride had closed. But in the midst of the oohs and ahs, I couldn't resist waving my left hand toward it and asking him, almost nonchalantly, Isn't it great to see it with water in it? A few moments later, the subs, now that bright yellow, came into view and gleamed beautifully into the sunlight. There are so few jobs where you can point to a tangible product your company has labored to create, even fewer where it takes on three dimensions, and almost none where it is on a grand scale such as a theme park attraction. The magical moment of the walk to the subs, a route I had taken many times as a boy, topped off by seeing the water in the lagoon, which was as fresh an experience as when I was a boy seeing it for the first time, recaptured all the innocence and excitement of my childhood, yet validated my adulthood like nothing else could. Sincerely, Rick. Wow. That's just one of those cool magical moment stories. And, you know, it's always a magical moment for us when we can hear from Imagineers or anyone about their experiences at Disney. And that's what really makes it special for us. Yeah, it's it's so magical to hear the magical moments of other people, which is, I guess, what makes this part of the show so popular. And therefore, our previous podcast, which was all magical moments all the time, so popular. It's great to have this segment in the show just to hear stories like yours, Rick. And uh, we thank you for sharing it with us. And we thank you for listening to us as well uh, over there in Imagineering. I'm guessing you're over in Glendale. So uh, thank you for that contribution. So to all of the other dozens of our listeners, do you have a magical moment that you'd like to share? We'd love to hear it, and we're sure that everyone else would as well. So send it to stories at mouseplanet.com or call our toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. Your story may appear on the podcast, and it'll also be considered for inclusion in our Cast Place column on the Mouse Planet website. And don't forget that magical moments are best when they're told in your voice, so call that feedback line. Incoming transmission. We have a listener email from Tracy. She writes, On a recent show, you talked about splitting the show into two or three separate segments. Two 45-minute shows or three 30-minute shows. I would find it easier to listen to smaller shows on a timely basis, such as when walking the dogs. Either way, keep up the great interviews, insights, and info. Tracy from Indiana. Well, Tracy... We heard you call, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Yep, we are um, starting on Monday. We will be back with three half-hour shows. Um, I was kind of in the same boat as you with listening to some of my other favorite shows where I would have a an hour-and-a-half-long show, and I'd just get really behind on listening because it's hard to pick things up in the middle, and... My MP3 player doesn't have a go-to time index feature, 
So if I wanted to stop and listen to something else and then go back to it, I had to manually fast forward to the point I was in the show if I could remember where I was when I left it off. So, you know, the hour-and-a-half shows like uh, Ricky Briganti's Inside the Magic and Lou Mangiello's uh, WW radio show become more difficult to listen to when your time is limited. And I was thinking that if I, you know, had if they were half-hour shows, I could listen to them on my commute or during my half-hour walk at lunchtime. So that helped me to uh, make the decision that we were indeed going to split the show up and do three half-hour shows because we really didn't want to lose all of our content. So we uh, are now going to be coming to you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with Mouse Station in addition to Thursdays with Mouse Planet Watch. And now on to a listener email from Steve Russo who writes, Hey, Mark and Mike. So, I stumped Mark, but not Mike. I guess I'll have to try harder. Regarding Mike's feeble attempt to stump me, you'll need to do a lot better. To finish your quote, it's, I have never loved a woman more than I love Mickey Mouse. Although I've also seen it quoted as, I love Mickey Mouse more than any woman I have ever known. To be honest, I'm not sure which is correct. Perhaps both? Either way, I think we catch the drift of what Walt was trying to say. By the way, even though I knew the quote, it should have been easy. Mike actually used it in a podcast a couple or three weeks ago. Then he mentioned that uh, he's going to be off next week on a non-Disney vacation. I know, I know, I can't believe I'm doing it either. Maybe we can hook up for a quick meet after I return. Yeah, Steve, Steve, just uh, if you want to drop me an email when you get back, or I'll try to send you one. We'll see if we can uh, get together and get you that... uh, Stuff that I pulled from my box of stu- box of stuff from the uh, press event. Uh, and Steve continues, I won't be able to pick up next week's podcast until I get back from vacation on July 8th, but let me attempt to stump you guys one more time. And because I'm gone next week, I'll give you two. What was the name of the kiosk that sold beaver tails? And what did Goofy inscribe on his cement block at Walt Disney World's MGM Studios. Um, Before we answer the questions, just if you're coming back on July 8th and you hear this show, you've got until the evening of July 9th to get us a new Stump the Hosts. So uh, think that one over. Now as to the name of the kiosk that sold Beaver Tales, I knew this one because I had to mention it in a number of park updates when we were trying to determine whether the beaver tails were gone or not, and when they were gone, whether they were coming back or not. So I know this one. Mike, do you know? Um, I believe I do. It's Trader Joe's beaver tails? Mm, sort of, but not quite. It's actually uh, Trapper Bob's beaver tails. Oh, well, I was a little bit close. And um, now, what did Goofy inscribe on his cement block at the Disney MGM Studios? I'm stuck? Yes, that is what it was. Very good. See, Mark, you know, we were smarter than Steve thinks. Yeah, the second time around. <laughs> okay, Steve, I have a trivia question for you. Um, what is the preferred tea of Himalayan tours and expeditions? Ah. Yes, I know this one. A little one. bit more challenging. I may even have a picture of it. So, Steve, that's your challenge. 
We also have an email from Disney Girl 17 which, on a side note, Mark, I'm one of the top-rated Mouse State profiles. <laughs> um, anyway, um, we have an email from Disney Girl 17 She writes, I wasn't sure where to email this, but I hope this is the right place. I finally have a tip for you guys. Take a picture of your photo pass, specifically the back. This way, if you lose it, you still have the photo pass number and can locate your pictures. I think I also read that you should do this with your park tickets as well. Not sure about that one, though. Hope this helps someone. Thanks. Love the show. Um, yep. Those um, are good tips. And the reason why I slotted this in the listener feedback rather than tip of the week is because that was our tip from episode two back on January 18th. So while it is a good tip and does bear repeating, we don't want to repeat it in the tip of the week segment. So thank you for sending that in, and thanks for helping us to remind folks about this. Yeah, it's a great tip. Um, you should do that with all your tickets and anything that has, you know, basically a barcode with a number, because you're going to be you needing those numbers to reclaim your tickets if something happens. Best, easiest way to do this, the photo pass, it doesn't work with the photo pass, unfortunately, though, is bring all your tickets and dining plans and reservations, all that stuff, to your concierge at your hotel and ask for the entitle, a printout of the entitlement numbers. You get one printout with them all on there, and it'll be a, just keep that in your room safe in case something happens. Yep, that'll work with your park ticket, and it'll work with your dining entitlements. But the photo pass card you're going to have to um, do on your own with your camera. All right. Um, we also got a note from Stanton Wong this week who um, just wanted to let us know to not worry about um, reading all of his trivia questions, that we should just use them if we're looking for content. Um, and don't worry about it if we want to skip them. And I think, Mark, um, I think we are going to take them up on that and you know keep the list and s sprinkle them out through our shows as time makes sense. Well, we'll use a few of them uh, here and then save the rest for maybe next week. Let's see. Um, he did send us a new question this week with that email, though. His question f this week is, what is the name of the satellite structure on top of the old people mover and rocket rod load station, and what is its purpose? Well, I know this is called the Orbitron. Uh, I'm not sure about its purpose. I'm guessing probably to either send or receive signals from outer space. Well, that and or to do a nice little choreographed routine every once in a while. Yeah, besides that, I don't know what other purpose it has, but I knew that name as well from Disney Roller Coaster Tycoon. No, 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 no. Ultimate Ride Disney Coaster. That too. Uh, because that's where I can't forget it from, because that's a piece of scenery that you can place on your roller coasters and... As my son is a big fan of Ultimate Ride Disney Coaster, we've seen it many, 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 many times. But we'll uh, pick a couple more questions out here. Um, one question is, what attraction 
was supposed to take the place of the submarine voyage when it originally closed. Now, I don't know if this was put out there originally when it first closed, but I believe that the first attraction that was supposed to be put in there was going to be based on Atlantis, the Lost Continent. And there was another idea that was kind of based loosely on Treasure Planet, and that didn't go either. But Atlantis was the first attraction floated for that space, I believe. I believe you're correct. Okay, our last question for this week is, what Pacific flower is the theme of California's Downtown Disney themed after? You mean what specific flower? Because it's not a Pacific flower from the ocean. (laughs) So, Mark, what's the flower? I really have no idea. Um, I'm going to guess a poppy. I am going to guess a rose. So, Stanton, write in and let us know uh, which one it it is. And uh, we will hold the rest of the questions for perhaps next week. Now, a quick note here that as we record this on Monday night, the planning for MouseFest meets has begun. In fact, in about 24 hours of having the meet submissions open, there are already 14 MouseFest meets that are scheduled, including several MousePlanet meets. Uh, or I should say Mouse Planet sponsored meets. Uh, the first of which is intended to be the first meet of Mouse Fest on Thursday, December 6th. Mike Scopa and I are going to be co hosting Mouse Fest 101, which is aimed at people who are new to Mouse Fest. We set it up to be at the beginning so that people can come in and find out enough to make them comfortable. With Mouse Fest, it's kind of a little daunting to come in when you've got all these events and thousands of people uh, all in the same place. Um, but you know, we're going to help you to get a little more comfortable with Mouse Fest and what's going on and who to see and so forth. And uh, you know, we're looking for RSVPs so that uh, we can have enough materials for everybody that's coming. Then that will be followed at 3 o'clock on December 6th by the 4th Annual Mike Scopa Dole Whip Meet, which is pretty much self-explanatory. Our next meet is going to be Saturday the 8th after the Mega Mouse Meet for our 3rd Annual Moose Fest, also known as our Chocolate Moose Meet. That's going to be from 5.30 to 6.30 at Boulangerie Patisserie in Epcot's France Pavilion. On Sunday, we are going to have our third annual Mini Mouse Adventure. So it's going to be back in the Magic Kingdom this year. It's going to be held from 10 a.m. until noon on Sunday, December 9th. And we're going to have some fresh new puzzles for you to figure out. Now, what's not on there is our Mouse Station meet for Mouse Fest, because we need to figure out what is it that would be best for us to set up as a meet. So, should we have a hustle meet, 
which may be difficult to set up as the hustle takes place at 6 o'clock at Pop Century and people may not wish to be out of the parks that early, but that's one possibility. Another possibility could be a blue teeny meat, or we could have a um, Mickey Head ice cream bar meat, maybe. Or we can have attraction meat, or just a everybody get together and we'll talk meat. Um, but we're looking for some suggestions from you, the listeners. You're the ones that make this podcast, so... What should our Mouse Fest meet for the Mouse Station podcast be? Send it in to podcast at mouseplanet.com or call it in to 1-866-939-2278. Okay, we have now concluded, or we're coming to a conclusion, of our final hour-and-a-half-long show. We're actually going to be a little bit on the short side this time, but... Still, it's a long show, and we are going to be back on Monday with the beginning of our half-hour shows. So let us know what you think of that. Send our all listener feedback to podcast at mouseplanet.com or call our toll-free voicemail at 1-866-939-2278. You can submit your magical moments to stories at mouseplanet.com or call our toll-free feedback line. Stories will also be considered for inclusion in our Cast Place column on the Mouse Planet website. Don't forget to fill out our listener survey, which is linked near the top of the podcast page. It'll take you maybe 10 minutes to fill out, and we'd really appreciate it. So thank you very much in advance. Also, please go out to the iTunes podcast directory, give us a good rating, and vote on the helpfulness of the other ratings. The higher rating is, the more people will be able to find us. And if you just can't wait to show your Mouse Planet pride, then don't. Go to cafepress.com slash mouseplanet and order all your Mouse Planet swag today. And, of course, Mouse Station swag. Yes, of course. Okay. So, that'll wrap it up for this week. Don't forget to visit mouseplanet.com for the complete park updates every Monday and fresh content every weekday. For more Disney news, check out our Mouse Planet Watch podcast, which is available from our podcast page at mouseplanet.com slash podcast. You'll find the show notes in the Columns General Forum on our Mousepad discussion forums. They're also linked from the podcast page. Thanks to Sue Pizzatoro for joining us on the show today. We'd also like to thank our sound editor and audio engineer, Stephen Ng. Remember to download us on Monday as we start our new format. Until then, I'm Mike Demopoulos, reminding you it takes people to make the dream a reality. And I'm Mark Goldhaber, reminding you to live the magic every day. See you Monday. See you Monday. (laughs) 